Good Friday and good upcoming weekend to you. Welcome back to Lock on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Semi-daily here in the offseason, but we are working to get back on a daily schedule. I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. We're here talking Ohio State football and Ohio State basketball. Of course, it is spring football practice going on for the next month leading up to the spring game on April 11th at Ohio Stadium. That is a noon kickoff if you have not already made your plans. And Ohio State basketball in the full swing of things coming down the stretch. We are coming up to the very last regular season game Sunday afternoon, 4.30 on CBS against Michigan State. Huge game that is at East Lansing and for Senior Day for Michigan State. So that's going to be a tough game. We'll preview that here coming up. We've got a few recruiting notes for Ohio State football. Of course, recruiting never stops. We'll discuss that. Donovan Edwards on campus. I'll tell you about his visit and why Ohio State needs that if you didn't already know. A couple other recruiting items we'll get to, and we will preview, not only talk about Ohio State's win against Illinois last night, but we'll preview the upcoming game against Michigan State and what they need to do as far as seeding in the Big Ten tournament and seeding in the NCAA tournament. That's all coming up here on Locked on Buckeyes. Thanks for giving us a listen. Find us and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to tell friends and family members about the show. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. As I said, find and follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeye. Coming up next, we'll talk about that big win over Illinois on Thursday and how they are able to do it without shooting well. Next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Impressive win for Ohio State, 71-63 Thursday night against Illinois. Now look, uh, let me issue a qualifier here. Let me preface this by saying six weeks ago, Ohio State really wasn't winning games at all. So what I'm about to say kind of sounds redundant, but man, six weeks ago, Ohio State probably wasn't winning this type of game especially. This was an impressive win for Ohio State because it was not like the Michigan game and some of the others they where they've had where the offense was exceptional because of the shooting and, and not that the, the offense wasn't exceptional against um, exceptional against Michigan or Maryland because I thought actually the offense did really well in spurts against those teams but against Illinois it was impressive because they had to do it just flat out executing they weren't making shots. They only had three three-pointers for the entire game, 3 of 15, 20%. And they only shot, I think, 38, 39% from the field overall. So this was a game that they had to win. They still got 71 points on 64 possessions, and they did it because of limiting turnovers. They had 11 total. Six of those were in the first eight minutes of the game. Only five turnovers the entire game from there on out. The last 32 minutes, they only had five turnovers. So they cut down on the turnovers, they were able to limit, they were able to uh, maximize their possessions. 
And uh, another theme that we've been seeing a lot here lately from this Ohio State team, and I, I pointed it out, they made free throws. They wound up 24 of 28 from the free throw line. When you keep making 86 to 90% from the line, as Ohio State has been doing, and they've been doing it getting a lot of free throw attempts. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the last eight games have been basically 15, 18, 22, 25, 28 field free throw attempts. They're getting to the line now because they're being more aggressive. And and Chris Oltman spoke about this this past week on his radio show. He said a few weeks back, about a month back, six weeks ago, whatever it was, he said they changed the offense just a little bit. He said they simplified it because they wanted guys to be more aggressive. They thought that there was too much thinking, too much uh, reacting, and not enough just instincts, okay? And so he said they simplified the offense a little bit, and guys have been attacking more, and it has actually done two things. Number one, it has limited the turnovers. He said that a byproduct of them being more aggressive, interestingly enough, and simplifying the offense has been cutting down on the turnovers. And he said, well, he didn't say this, but something I'm saying is it is leading to more free throw attempts. Ohio State is attacking more and getting into the paint. C.J. Walker has done a great job probing. He gets in the lane. Sometimes he pulls up if it's there. Sometimes he goes to the rim if it's there. He passes back out if it's there. But the attacking of him and Luther Muhammad and Dwayne Washington, and I know, look, Dwayne Washington is really frustrating because sometimes he's out of control. Sometimes he makes some really bad decisions with the ball. But you also have to admit that his attacking has really helped the offense down the stretch. And that's what we're seeing with Ohio State right now. Guards are getting in the paint and getting to the rim more. It's leading to more fouls being called, more free throws being shot, fewer turnovers, more open looks from three-point range. What we saw against Illinois was a prime example when the shots were not falling, but they were attacking, they were getting to the rim. Sometimes they were finishing, sometimes not, but they were getting free throws out of it, and that really was a big, big thing for Ohio State. This is a game six weeks ago Ohio State probably does not win. Illinois is a tough team. They're a pretty good defensive team. They were top 25 in defensive efficiency coming into the game. For Ohio State to do what they did down the stretch against a team that they were really struggling with. I mean, look, when you've got the lack of depth right now with Kyle Young out and Kofi Coburn, that big seven-footer, 7'1", 290 pounds, Ohio State did a great job on him. Caleb Wesson played a terrific defensive game. He fouled out had some really bad touch calls against him. And then the one call where it should have been a charge early in the game, the very first foul should have been a charge because number one, the ref pointed to the restricted area, but not only was Caleb Wesson not in the restricted area, but even if he were, it actually wouldn't have mattered because he's a primary defender. The restricted area only applies to a secondary defender. Caleb Wesson was in legal guarding position. So even if he had been, In the restricted area, it was still a bad call, but he was not in the restricted area. That was a bad call. I would say out of the other four fouls that got called against him, probably three were touch fouls that probably shouldn't have been called, or at least one, the second foul I vehemently disagree with, at the rim, he went up vertical. I thought that was a touch foul if ever there was one, but he was vertical. That should not have been called. You know, there can be contact on the shot with your body if you're vertical, and 
I thought that he was in perfect guarding position. So anyway, bygones be bygones. We won't gripe about the calls against him, but he did a fantastic job against Coburn. That was a really difficult matchup for a guy, especially that's being called for touch fouls and having to be less aggressive as the game goes on. But he did a great job. EJ Lydell came in and let's let's be honest, EJ Lydell is playing on another level right now. This is a guy that has come out of his shell. 17 points, 11 rebounds. It's probably the best game he's had of the year. He's had some other good games, but it, progressively, he's being more consistent. And we are see him, seeing him attack and really give a lot for Ohio State. Rebounding, scoring, uh, post-presence, post uh, just a little bit of everything right now. If Kyle Young had to get hurt, and of course, Ohio State needs Kyle Young back as soon as possible, especially for the stretch run next week with a possibility of playing three or four games in, in three or four days in the Big Ten tournament. And they're not getting the double bye, so if they want to win the championship, they're going to have to play four games in four days. But I'm saying with the possibility of playing three games, maybe four games in a row, they really need that depth. They need Kyle Young back in the lineup. And especially in the NCAA tournament, if they want to make a run, it's not that they can't win without him. But because of the limited depth and because of possibility of foul trouble, they really got to get him back. But if Young is going to be hurt, this turned out to be great timing for him being hurt because it really has allowed EJ Lydell to step up. His confidence level is sky high. He's making plays. This has turned his development up another level. So I think if they can get Kyle Young back next week, or the week after. And ideally, like I said, three games, maybe four games in a row, it's best they get him back for the Big Ten tournament. But even if not, as long as they can get him back for the tournament, okay, for the NCAA tournament, this will wind up having been, I think, a blessing in disguise for having Kyle Young out. So we'll see what happens there. But EJ Lydell has stepped up. Great win for Ohio State. Caleb Wesson, again, playing really well, especially on defense, given the lack of aggression he was able to have with the touch fouls being called. Uh, what can you say about Luther Muhammad? Ayo Disomnu was just absolutely killing Ohio State in the first half and early in the second half. They turned Luther loose on him permanently in the second half, guarding him, and he ratcheted up his defense to an entirely other level, shut Disomnu down, the entire, uh, well, really the last 10 minutes for sure. And Ohio State was able to dictate the game at that point. I thought the Ohio State defense, once again, was tremendous when it needed to be. And this is something, look, we've seen them struggle with dribble penetration at times, and they did here and there, especially in the first half, early second half. But they have really taken their defense to another level recently when they've needed to. They did it against Michigan, played lockdown defense. Maryland, as I've said, the analytics say it wasn't their best offensive performance by any means, but they played great defense in stretches and really shut Maryland's scorers down when they had to. This is a great trend we're seeing here from Ohio State. They're getting offense even when the shooting is not there. They're shutting down opposing teams' scorers, the point guards especially. They're really kind of cutting the offense off at the head of the opposing teams. So, these are things, and by the way, another thing I want to mention, I, I said this on Twitter last night, but rebounding too was another thing. Seven straight games, they've out-rebounded their opponents by way of percentage. 
That is a great trend as well. Yesterday, 42% offensive rebound rate, even without Kyle Young in the lineup against Illinois. Illinois had a little bit higher rebound percentage than they've been giving up, 29%, but you can live with that when you're getting 42% on your end. So Ohio State rebounding better, getting to the free throw line, shooting free throws better, limiting turnovers. They had been shooting pretty well until this game. This game was a bad shooting night, but again, impressive they can win in this fashion without making a lot of three-pointers as they did and did not in this game. So next up, Michigan State. Next, I will preview the Michigan State game, and we'll talk about what they have to do and what tournament uh, seeding scenarios still exist for the Buckeyes. Before I get back into basketball, I have a couple of football recruiting notes. Uh, I know this is an overstatement, right? And, and your jaw is going to literally drop to the floor when I say this. But Ohio State needs running backs in this 2021 recruiting class. I know, shocking, brand new information here on Locked on Buckeyes. I'm telling you for the very first time. Well, if it wasn't bad enough that, you know, with the Master Teague injury, you certainly hope and, and expect he's going to make a full recovery and he'll be back this year probably at the start of the year, but you know, you just never know with these types of things, these, these injuries, if it is an Achilles and they, Ohio state hasn't confirmed that, but whatever the injury is, you just expect him to make a full recovery, but whether he did or didn't recover, Ohio state is already thin at running back. They need scholarship backs. They need two running backs in this class and preferably two really good running backs, guys that can be program changers and, and solidify the depth for the next three to four years. Donovan Edwards, 5'11", out of West Bloomfield, Michigan, 5'11", 190-pound, out of West Bloomfield, Michigan, definitely fits that bill, and he is on campus this weekend for an Ohio State trip. He is the third-rated consensus running back in the 24-7 sports class, and even better, not that this really matters necessarily, but it's, it's a plus as far as possibly getting his commitment going forward, he allegedly or reportedly doesn't mind sharing this class with another top rated running back because he knows he's going to get carries. So that's a really good positive development. He has a couple crystal balls going to Ohio state in the Buckeyes direction. That's a positive development. I don't know if he's on commitment watch this weekend or not. He might go through with more visits this summer. We'll see how that works out. But Donovan Edwards is on campus. Uh, you know, could commit to Ohio State at any time. Maybe it'll be a few more months. We'll see. But the Buckeyes need a running back, and here he is, a top five running back on campus this weekend. We'll see how that goes. Also, interesting note real quick, Amika Egbuka, a top-rated wide receiver out of Seattle, Washington, a Washington insider on the 24-7 Sports Network, said this week that Ohio State is greatly in the lead for Egbuka. That is another development. Brian Hartline continues to kill it at that wide receiver position. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that that position, wide receiver, is just disgusting amount of talent when you look at all the guys that are either committed or could be committed in the future. We're talking about already on campus guys like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Mookie Cooper. You've got Marvin Harrison coming in possibly Troy Stilato, possibly Amika Egbuka. Uh, it's just a, a disgusting amount of talent. Jamison Williams, how could I forget him? That guy, uh, that guy has long strides and can go from zero to 60 in a hurry. It's, it's a embarrassment of riches 
for Ohio State at wide receiver. So we will keep an eye on that. But if they can land Egbuka on top of all these receivers that they already have, oh, Katie, bar the door, good night. That is going to be amazing to see if that happens. So getting back to basketball, Ohio State, of course, had that big win last night against Illinois. They have Michigan State coming up. Now, look, Sparty is a tough place to play. I'm not going to pretend that this is an easy game. I'm not going to pretend that there is Ohio State is going to go up there to East Lansing and have an easy time of this. It's, it's going to be a tough game no matter what. But I will say this. Ohio State has won three senior days in East Lansing when Tom Izzo has been the coach. Since 2000, I think 2001 or 2002 was the first year, maybe 2003. I looked this up a couple days ago, and I don't remember the exact years, but they have won a total of three senior days in East Lansing in the last 20 years uh, with Tom Izzo as the coach. So it can be done. I think actually they're, I think, three and two on senior days in East Lansing. So they've actually got a winning record playing up there. Now, I know everybody is saying, well, Cassius Winston and, and Xavier Tillman, they're not going to let Michigan State lose. Well, maybe not. But as I said, Michigan State has lost three games there this year in the Breslin Center. Ohio State has had some success on senior day there. The way Ohio State is playing right now, look, I'm not I'm not promising a win by any stretch of the imagination because Michigan State's playing better as well. But the way Ohio State is playing, do you, do you really want to count them out? Do you want to bet against them? I wouldn't. Michigan State will probably be a five to six point favorite up there this weekend. Uh, that's what the analytics say. The analytics suggest it'll be around five points. They might get an extra point because it's senior day, because of public betting. But the bottom line is Ohio State playing really well. They have what it takes right now, especially if they can have a good shooting day. They have what it takes to go up there and possibly knock Michigan State off. If there is uh, a favorable matchup here for Ohio State, it's Michigan State still traditionally turns the ball over a lot. This team has been no exception. It's interesting. I, I don't know if people know this, but Michigan State has always, almost always had a really bad uh, team as far as taking care of the basketball. They turn the ball over a lot. Most of Tom Izzo's career has been spent ranked in the bottom 150, the bottom 200 of college basketball as far as number of turnovers and, and by way of percentage. So they do turn the ball over a lot. If Ohio State can continue to cut down on turnovers and have, let's say, I don't know, maybe something like 10 or 11 turnovers to 17. That's a big deal because especially if Ohio State is making shots, they can really maximize their efficiency. And the points per possession is, is obviously the, the crux of winning basketball games. So Ohio State is not going to have it easy up there. I'm not saying that they're going to go up there and win. I'm just saying this is an interesting game. I think that they can win. What will happen if Ohio State wins? They will most likely be a five seed. If Illinois and Penn State both win this weekend, then Ohio State would be a six seed. If Ohio State loses, there probably are a few scenarios out there where they could be a six or an eight, but I think seven seed is the most likely scenario. So treat this as if Ohio State is probably going to be a five or six seed with a win, probably going to be a seven seed. Of course, this is all being in the Big Ten tournament being a seven seed with a loss up there in the Big Ten tournament uh, if they lose to Michigan State. And then, as far as NCAA tournament is concerned, as of Friday, Ohio State is a consensus four seed in the bracket matrix. They're a four seed in NBC Sports Bracketology, a four seed in Sporting News, and they are a five seed in ESPN and CBS. So, Ohio State 
right there in position to grab a protected seed in the NCAA tournament. Protected seed just means they will play at a site where they are not going to be put at a home court disadvantage in the first or second round. Ohio State ideally would like to maybe move up to the three line where they could possibly nab Cleveland as one of the the first round as the first second round site for them, which would be great playing just up the road off of I-71. That's a possibility, especially if they can get to a three seed, and that's possible. Ohio State probably could climb to a three by beating Michigan State and winning at least a few games in the Big Ten tournament. Might have to get to the finals, but at least get to the semifinals, winning two games, and I think Ohio State could get to that three line. So the Buckeyes, after looking dead in the water as far as seeding is concerned, just a month ago, six months, six weeks ago, they are now in prime position to get a really, really good seed. I tell you what I'm really hoping for. I know this is asking a lot, but I want Dayton as a two seed and Ohio State as a three seed in the same region playing each other in the regional semifinals. That would be amazing. There are some other scenarios where they could play each other, maybe even earlier if Ohio State fell down to like a six seed and Dayton was a two or three. But regardless, uh, that would be a fantastic matchup. But the Buckeyes are doing very, very well as far as seeding is concerned. Right now, if it ended today, and it doesn't, it doesn't end until next Sunday, I kind of think Ohio State would be a four seed myself. I could see them slipping down to the five line, but they are in great position either way. Michigan State coming up on Sunday afternoon, 4.30 on CBS. And then, of course, the Big Ten Tournament. Ohio State will be playing in the second round of the Big Ten Tournament. We know that now. Uh, they most likely either going to be the five seed playing the the 12-13 winner, or they would be a seven seed playing the 10-14 winner. So they will be playing next when I get next Thursday in the Big Ten Tournament. The seed to be determined based on the result of this game on Sunday. That's going to do it for Locked on Buckeyes. Thanks for giving us a listen. We will be back on Monday to recap Michigan State and talk about and preview the Big Ten Tournament next week. We'll keep an eye on what happens with Donovan Edwards and football recruiting going forward and, of course, spring football going on for the next few weeks as well. Find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you tell a friend and family member about us. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Lockdown Buckeye. Thanks for giving us a listen. Have a great weekend. We'll be back at you on Monday.